0: Welcome to the Big Fundamental Podcast, a San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you by Kins 5, the official station of the San Antonio Spurs. I am Jackson Floyd, and joining us this week, we've brought out the four box. We're looking like the Brady Bunch here, guys. Just a few way, uh, Kins Five Sports Director Joe Ryanegal. How are you doing today, Joe?
1: I'm doing great, man. It's just it's good to be in a four box with you guys. This is this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go.
0: And of course, what back with us, uh, Tommy Pickles, Tom Petrini, Tommy Vegas. I think was the nickname this week.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Kins Five Sports writer there, and joining us for the first time, his debut on the Big Fun Pod, the host of Locked On Spurs. He's also a contributing writer here for kins five Woo! jeff garcia how are you doing today jeff
3: i actually i'm doing great and actually hung out with um tommy vegas recently so i, oh, I know man. all about tommy vegas <laughs> jeff yeah. jeff
0: vegas is doesn't have the ring to it but uh, so me and tommy vegas yeah, have actually yeah, was, never
2: been seen in the same room before <laughs> um, like yeah. i know of him uh,
0: but you know it's more more an alter ego than yeah. than anything else. <laughs> well, well, I'm not a Vegas guy, so I was I was happy you were able to get the chance to go down there and check out Summer League, and I was able to to watch from the comforts of my home on on TV or from here in the Kins Five office with Joe. Joe's got a big monitor behind his desk where he's watching all the Spurs games, so uh, it's always good to walk by and uh, get his quick opinion, two cents weighed in on it. And of course, I want all of you guys to weigh in on the Summer League action here on the podcast today. Jeff, Tom, you guys got to witness it firsthand. First of all, I just want to hear what that. Experience is like for you, Tom. I, I know you were there for the first half. What was it like getting uh, in, down there, getting involved, seeing the players kind of get warmed up to the atmosphere?
2: Yeah, I mean, all, all jokes aside, Las Vegas Summer League is, in my opinion, one of the best basketball events that the NBA does over the course of a year. Like in terms of the people that you can meet, and um, you know, all thirty teams are there. A lot of decision makers, a lot of players and head coaches who are there to support and to watch, and you know learn about new teammates, new opponents. Um, You know, you never know who you're going to bump into. And I just, I love it out there. Um, And seeing these guys develop and grow, especially, you know, we we only saw one Summer Spurs win, but there was a lot of important learning and growing that happened out there. So, um, you know, Um, if, if you can get out there to Summer League, I highly recommend it. You're the... The seats are, you know, feet from the bench, and you're just right there.
0: I believe you bumped into uh, Brian Wright as well, right? I did, and, uh, yeah.
2: Saw, saw the Spurs GM, and no joke, he was working two phones like Kevin Gates. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm not, I don't know who he was talking to. He could have been talking to his mom and his grandma. I don't know. Um, but, you know, he yeah. was on the phone. <laughs> Jeff,
0: what was your
3: biggest takeaway from I, the experience? I, yeah. I suspect he was talking to uh, Tommy Vegas. I think that's exactly who he was on the phone with out in uh, Vegas there. No, I, as for me, as a, as a guy who's been there, done that at Las Vegas Summer League, it was different for me. I actually didn't like it uh, mm. as far as the atmosphere, the atmosphere. Now, Tom is Good. right exactly about, about the, the players and, you know, who you get to meet, but the atmosphere was just different. It's totally a different vibe. I remember back in the day when it wasn't a, a big event as it is now. And you can literally, uh, Joe, you I mean correct me if I'm wrong, walk on the court and talk to the players one on one. That's no longer a thing. I miss that about the old school uh, summer league. But as somebody who did have a, pr- a credential and was able to get down and, see, and get one on one interviews, um, that was a chore. They had to escort you. I mean, they were just serious about the pandemic. You could not move a muscle there. Without I mean, uh, seeing, you know, a mask or seeing a station where you can cleanse, um, yeah. shut it down really. As a matter of fact, my media seat was not actually on the baseline. It was at the top of a ra- <laughs> of, of the stands. It was nowhere near. And I'm sitting there like, well, why did I even get a media pass? It's not even <laughs> worth it. So, uh, and then you go to the other, the Tom Mac, the Atomic, no, no, sorry. The other uh, Cox Pavilion. Cox Pavilion, yeah um yeah there again far away from the action you're 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 sitting in the fan stand so uh, you know it was a little different but you know I was uh, able to secure a, a one-on-one interview with a player uh so be looking out that over there at Kens 5 in the Spurs zone uh, Spurs section excuse me yeah. so uh, but otherwise yeah i mean just a really good time as far as just see what could possibly be the future of the Spurs or the NBA, you know, whether it be the top 10 picks or that gem that maybe popped up for a a team that was out in Vegas.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. You guys are there to cover it for the Spurs, and a lot of what you're doing is for the Spurs and for that side of it. But, I mean, you got to see Kai Jones. You got to see Le'Angelo Ball, who was somehow the yep. storyline of it. Davion Mitchell had a great summer league. All these young players. Yep. Joe, you, you kind of referenced this, I think, going into the NBA draft. This is a deep year for the draft. I think, you know, a lot of these players look NBA-ready faster than we thought. And I think that also applies to the guy the Spurs took. Joshua Primo looks a little closer to NBA action than what maybe we thought. Uh, I, I do expect maybe that was where all of our eyes were first drawn to when the uh, Spurs took the court here in Vegas. Joe, what was your biggest takeaway from primo's game uh in vegas there
1: well you know and i think in a, in a lot of ways you're right jackson i mean the guy seems a lot more mature basketball wise certainly uh than than his age and the way he looks i mean the guy looks like a baby right he's he's uh, he looks like he's 12 years old but he can he can yeah, he flat does. out play but but i caution everybody you know with the guys are playing in summer league keep in mind they're playing with summer leaguers you know, and they step out on an NBA court, it's a much different ball game. So as good as they look out there, that's great. The future is certainly bright, but you step on the floor with some guys that have been playing with a Kevin Durant's and uh, you know LeBron James and and uh, Steph Curry's. It, it's a whole different ball game. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden these guys are kind of brought down to size. So I love the future. I love the way these guys look, including Primo, and he's certainly impressed. I mean, I thought Trey Jones was the star for the Spurs. That guy was incredible. Absolutely. And I think when you want to look at somebody and and look at the future of this basketball team which may make some other guys expendable and, and shipped off somewhere else. I think Trey mm-hmm. Jones certainly made a case for that. But, but he was my star of the show for sure.
0: And I want to talk a lot yeah, about absolutely. what Trey Jones did growing into the role. I think He took a bigger leap than I think we all expected. Before we leave the primo conversation, though, Tom, I think you, you did a really good job uh, of, of highlighting this, addressing this. That the, the takeaway I had from him was he was fearless. You know, mm-hmm. the shots he'd take, the confidence guy out there on the court. What did you see from him and the opportunities he was taking on
2: yeah, he he didn't show much individual primary shot creation for himself in college. He was more of a floor-spacing 3 and D guy. And, um, you know, something that people have been talking about. I mean, Brian Wright on draft night was like, yeah, we see point guard skills in him. We want to develop that and see what he's got there. And a lot of people were like, what do you mean you see point guard skills in him? He only shot, like, three shots off the dribble at college. Like, this is just terrible And he went out in Summer League and I think probably shot more uh, shots off the dribble than he did uh, his entire time with the Crimson Tide. But, um, you know, they were were tough shots, too. He was pulling up from a long range. He was, Mm. you know, working off the dribble around screens to get his shot. Um, He's still not putting a lot of pressure on the rim. And that's something that he's going to need to learn how to do, work on that floater game, work on using that you know, 6'6", six, six, long arms, big hands to finish above the rim a little bit. Um, but, you know, he was taking spinning turnaround fade shots and, you know, I'm not going to say DeRozan-esque, but he was, <laughs> he was you know, he, he was getting to his spots and taking shots with a high degree of difficulty and he was not afraid to take those shots. And that's exactly what you want to see these guys doing in
0: summer league. So that, that part was really encouraging to see, I think. For, for a guy his age, he seems to have a bag as deep as Mary Poppins's. He's, he's pulling a lot out there <laughs> uh, on the court. Uh, yeah. I was really impressed with the t- shots he's taking. Uh, Jeff, as Joe was saying, Trey was the star. Trey Jones was the star in yeah. the Summer League for the Spurs. Absolutely. Did he, did he prove himself to maybe be the second point guard off the bench here uh, in the absence? You no. Know, we've seen Patty Mills now on to Brooklyn. A lot of right. questions have been like, who's going to be the point guard for that second unit? Is Trey Jones that guy?
3: Um he definitely is making the coaches think about it. But as Joe just mentioned earlier, you know, you take the summer league with a grain of salt. Let's let's recall Tim Duncan had a horrible summer league. It was terrible, <laughs> you know, but we all know how that turned out, you know, down in the Hall of Fame. So you, you take what you see on that court out in Vegas or Utah uh, just as, a, as an idea, just as OK, there's something here to work with. And yes, Trey Jones did phenomenal on that court when he was on the court. And remember, he was out for a good chunk of games. But going to Tom's point about Jones creating shot and everything, you know, according to Synergy, uh, when it comes to just the mixing, you know, whether the three point shot or the two point shot is self-creating those shots, 93% of the time, that's what Jones was doing. Mm. And it came from the two point uh, shots so or within the within the three point line. So you like that. And yes, I think he's going to make Mitch Johnson tell Pop and his coaching staff, yeah, you know, there's something here. Let's still perhaps send him to Austin, but give him a little bit of spike in minutes in the NBA. And look who he's he's behind right now. He's behind Derek and Lonnie and DeJounte. Uh, You know, who knows? Kelton Johnson said that uh, he's focused on decision-making and that the Spurs told him to work on his dribbling skills. Maybe they envision him as some sort of facilitator. We just don't know. But Jones is really gonna have to push in training camp, in preseason, to really solidify himself on that Spurs rotation as far as a backup point guard on that uh, reserve unit.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he was just uh, really impressed. I, th- I wasn't expecting such a leap from Jones, but at the same time, there hasn't been that many yeah. opportunities for him to, to kind of show that he can do that and, and, and take that yeah. jump there. The shot he hit over Kai Jones to secure the uh, first win for the Spurs, mm-hmm. the only win for the Spurs in Summer League was a thing of beauty. Like that could be a poster in itself or you know, computer wallpaper. Yeah. Maybe uh, color it out. Maybe he's he's in color. Everyone else. Well, like, well he's already count. doing it's that crazy. on his social
3: media. <laughs> he's doing that on social media. It's on his poster and his background everywhere. He's not letting anybody forget about that. But and we can why also not he? forget what he did. Def- yeah, exactly. We cannot forget what he did defensively too. Yeah, he had yeah. the game winning steal and the game winning bucket. So definitely a great two way guard. The Spurs can dip into. But you're right, you know, you. you, you I don't blame him. I mean, you it, just it's hit really, shot over Kai Jones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting to me because, like, you know, if Patty Mills was the backup point guard for this Spurs team, and I think it's fair to say that he was, you know, playing in that role, um, you know, the one thing that Patty is, like, a real specialist at shooting that three ball mm. is the thing that Trey Jones doesn't do as well. He showed flashes of it mm. in summer league. He shot, I, I think he hit, about a third of his shots from deep, and it's you know pretty open catch and shoot looks. Um, yeah. But everything else he does at a really high level. Mm-hmm. You know he's a high level yeah. defender. He's a high level initiator. His his finishing package is ridiculous. Uh, and mm-hmm. and he was hitting you know pull up jump shots as well. So and finding his teammates. He he does he has a very well rounded game. And I honestly think. Um, he's the best second round pick for the Spurs in a long time. Mm. He's a guy who probably shouldn't have fallen out of the first round of that draft.
0: We talking about since Manu or, uh, potentially <laughs> since Manu, <Wow>. like
2: <clears throat> if, if I'm wrong, tell me, like if, there, I, if there's, a second, another if one, there's so. a second round pick that's done better or that has been a better prospect since then, let me know. But I mean, this is a guy who was ACC defensive player of the year. He was, I'm pretty sure he and, uh, summer league spur teammate justin robbins to work co-captains for mm-hmm. that duke team so you know this is this is a guy who you know he's not just some guy at summer league he was one of the best guys at summer league and uh for him to be left off the all summer league teams uh was a bit of a bad joke but you know one <laughs> right. we're used to hearing at this point so yeah i was gonna say
0: jeff you're talking about Trey. Did, trey was doing his best to make sure that no one forgot yeah. what he did but clearly the uh yeah. The, the voters did, whoever chooses that. Joe, is that yeah. just a sign of uh, – is that a sign of um, what – just the Spurs always kind of being left out of these consideration? Or was he not really one of the top five best players we saw in summer league? Was he not deserving uh, of
1: that? So. I don't know who was picking those guys. But, yeah, I think he certainly was deserving. I mean, the way he played ball and what he did was incredible out there. And I'm going to tell you – and I want to go back to something that Jeff said. You were talking about you know, Lonnie Walker and Derek White and Keldon Johnson – I don't know if any of those guys are point guard material, Mm. honestly. I I don't know, and and maybe you guys will disagree with me. That's why I think Trey Jones has a fantastic chance of being that backup guard. When I look at this guy, and I I hate comparing guys, but he reminds me a lot of Tony Parker. Once Tony Parker found his jump shot and started playing defense, I'm not talking – and we're talking about Trey Jones right now. Mm. When I watched him on the floor, especially what Tom mentioned, his finishing package – was sensational. He's got no fear. And I remember watching Tony Parker when he got in this league. And back then, point guards got knocked on their tail more than they were on their feet. And this guy would just get back up and go back at it. And no fear, he'd go back in the lane. And I see a lot of that in Trey Jones. And I really believe that Trey Jones has the, the moxie. He's got the talent to be the backup point guard on this team. I love Lonnie Walker. I love Derek White, but I think Derek White is going to play next to Deshante Murray uh, at that number two spot. And so I think the opportunity for Trey Jones to be that number two point guard is right there. And in fact, I mean, going in as we sit here right now today, I think he certainly deserves that opportunity.
3: I, I think you are to give a chance to uh, Brent Forbes. I mean, Brent <laughs> Forbes is there. <laughs> I think he's going to get
2: some minutes probably. probably, Right. Yeah.
3: Well, he was forced to play the point guard during um, Murray's uh, injured season. So he has at least some familiarity with running the pop system. Yeah, but it, it
0: reminds me of uh, when we didn't yeah. have a good backup point guard for Tony Parker and Gary Neal was the guy getting those minutes. And Gary yeah, right. Neal was just one of the worst ball handlers I've ever seen. I mean, you'd bring in that second unit. I remember specifically the playoffs when we were playing the Clippers, and the Clippers had a 22-point lead, and it was because they were attacking Gary Neal in the half court. Right. He'd get across that line, and they'd be trapping him right there. Uh, he, yeah. Forbes kind of would be in that same situation. I like the ability to have a guy like uh, like Jones uh, to, to kind of uh, lead that charge. And I mean, we're talking about Jones, Murray, White. All of these guys are elite backcourt defenders. I think I've yeah. I feel comfortable putting Jones in that conversation despite seeing the majority of that in Summer League against Summer League guys. Tom, am I yeah. wrong in doing that?
2: No, I think I mean he's he's defended at every level at a really high level. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, compared to Bryn Forbes, that's something that <laughs> obviously is a, a, a tick <laughs> in the in the Trey Jones box. Yeah. Uh you the know The bar
3: is set low. <laughs> it's
2: I mean I, I think that he's a tremendous two-way player and it wasn't just that, you know, steal to end the game, right? Like he is of a, a v- as fearless as he is finishing uh when he's guarding the other team's best player. Um navigates screens well, physical defender, uses his head like and he's directing traffic a little bit out there. So um you know, I I really love what he brings from a two-way perspective. Um and you know i I was thinking that you know maybe maybe Lonnie will take more of a primary creator role off the bench and I think there's still a lot of room for that to happen this year um but I don't think it would hurt Lonnie's game at all to have Trey out there collapsing the defense and then kicking it out to him and um you know he he makes a play out of that so yeah and I think Trey has proven that he can space the floor enough in those situations where the ball's not in his hands so um I think I think that Trey Jones has made a really solid case for himself here to be that yeah. backup point guard. A steal of
0: the and draft you saw, for last you year. Saw it oh, go last,
3: for oops, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go uh, it. I mean, you saw it last season in uh, in the Orlando bubble for the G League. I mean, he was just playing heads above the rest. I mean, yeah. you you the the foundation is there. He just needs to see if he can translate Summer League-level competition, G League-level competition, into the NBA level. That is his final hurdle. But you like where the signs are going. Kelden Johnson, you know, how quick did they shut him down in Summer League? I mean, it was fast. He was just wrecking shop. Lonnie Walker, the same thing. You know, Devin Vassell, the same thing. They shut him down in a hurry. Trey Jones, they shut him down as well for uh, precautionary reasons with a, with a bump in the head. But my point is, if you're looking at Past examples of how the Spurs groom these players that could be special, then Jones is definitely showing that he can be special. And as Tom mentioned, maybe a second round steal.
0: Yeah, steal of the draft there, uh, according to Tom and Jeff. There, Uh, I want to turn the attention to uh, the conversation to his draft partner taken in the first round. There, Devin Vassell, uh, a a guy who was supposed to be uh, considered a three and D, another one of these elite two way players. And similarly, the three point shot wasn't there for him. I I believe he made one, two. He he was not. He did not shoot the ball great. Not shooting well, but he brought everything uh, every other aspect to to his game. I thought his two point shot was looked looked great, better than expected. He. Honestly, seemed to be more comfortable attacking the rim uh, again against summer league guys, but again, than I was expecting. And the de- defense was there. Joe, what did what did you see from Vassell in the limited time in the summer league before his injury uh, that that kind of points to where he's headed this season?
1: Well, I think for Vassell, he needed to come out and have a good summer league, and he did that. I think he did enough to, to show, you know. <laughs> Vassell is one of those guys that I I love I I love the way he plays ball I love his attitude and and I think he can be very special in the NBA but he may also be a guy uh, that's going to need some grooming and need some help especially with that three point shot because as we all know that's where the NBA is now and that's what he needs to do especially playing that wing position um Vassell looked good. I wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, and I think he would have liked to have been out there a little bit more as well. Uh, But he needed a good summer league, and I think he did what he had to do to, uh, to, you know, progress, if you will. Um, It it was just enough. I wish we would have been able to see a little more.
2: Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, with Trey Jones, his first game, he came in a little rusty, right? He didn't look... Uh, you know, he, I think he turned it over three times in the first quarter of that first game, and he got more into you know the flow of the game, into shape, into a, a rhythm, into confidence. And we saw we saw that with Trey Jones, we saw that with Joe Wieskamp, um and even with Primo um, Vassell, I feel like didn't play enough games to really ramp up in that way. Mm. And I, I would have loved to see his you know fourth game after taking those shots that he wasn't really used to taking, right? Because at the NBA level last year, uh, Devin Vassell was playing the role that Josh Primo played at Bama, which was, you know, space the floor, catch it, shoot it, play good defense. And at summer league like Primo, he was asked to put the ball on the deck, create your own shot. Um, you know, he, he's the guy on the scouting report that the other teams are keying in on, like, we've got to stop this guy. Uh, and we know what he's more comfortable doing and less comfortable doing. Hmm. He's trying these, you know, he's trying to run pick and roll. He's trying to get to his own spots in the mid-range. And I thought he did a very good job of getting to his spots. It was just the shot that wasn't falling. And, um, you know, so that's, that's why, like Joe said, I really would have loved to see him play so that, you know, maybe a couple of games later he gets to those spots and, hey, look, the shot's falling now. Hmm. Something that Mitch Johnson talked about was like, you know, He's taking shots with a high degree of difficulty, and he's taking a ton of them. There was one game where he shot it like 30 oh. times, and, uh, and Miss Johnson said that's a skill in itself and learning how to work through that, and hopefully next time he hits more than 11. But, um, you know, I, I liked the aggression that he attacked Summer League with. I think, I think all of these young guys understood the assignment with going to Summer League. Like, you're, you're not here to... Even win the games, really. You're you're here to try different things, get good game reps, and learn and grow. Um, so I I think, like Joe said, it w- it would have been really nice to see him get more of an opportunity to do that. But, um, you know the the shot creation that
0: he showed, I thought was pretty nice. Hey Jeff, we've we've talked about Dejounte Murray, Derek White, uh, Trey Jones. We've talked about Lonnie Walker, uh, Kelvin Johnson. All, right. all these guys is. Is is uh, DeSalle going to be lost in the conversation this year? How is he going to be able to find the play time yeah. with this this kind of stacked uh, backcourt depth that the Spurs find themselves with with this young core?
3: You know, before I answer that question, I just want to yeah. say I disagree with y'all completely. I am glad that they shut him down early. I am <laughs> relieved he took a seat because I think he's going to factor very heavily into next season as the Spurs move forward in this youth movement. You know, from that one Utah game to the little games that he played in Vegas, you know, he was just scoring at will, you know, were there concerns still areas to work on? Of course, you know, I believe 79% of his shots came from the two point line, uh, two, uh, within the three point line, excuse mm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do the math. The rest came from the three point line. So yeah, still, he's going to need to develop that three shot, but no, I was glad shut him down. Uh, I don't think Devin Vassell is going to get lost in the shuffle. I think he's going to play a big integral role next season, whether that's coming off the bench, starting a few games or a mixed bag, you know, You know it's unfortunate the way last season worked out with the pandemic and it being hastened but i really believe throwing him and jones into the fire the way they did let's not forget they were literally drafted virtually and the next day they had to go to print training camp so i I think that hasten rush on the job training is going to pay dividends next year for Vassell and Jones, and particularly uh, Vassell, because you know he's exactly what the Spurs need uh, to compete in the league. You know, wing guy, long, can defend. We saw that he can hit the three-point shot last season, his, his rookie year, but defensively, he brought it. What, I, I believe there was a string of games, Joe or Tom, somebody correct me wrong, where he had like one or more steals, and then he had a string of games where he didn't cough the ball up at all. So there's the IQ, there's the defense. That's what he did as a rookie. Now imagine that this upcoming season. Yeah, I think he's going to be huge, and I don't think he's going to get lost in the shuffle at all.
2: For sure. And like with with the injuries and stuff, like it's more just that it's a bummer that they didn't get the opportunity to play. Like it makes complete sense that the Spurs shut him down, and I agree with you there. Completely, Injury, like. Right. Well, I mean, (laughs) Trey Jones got bonked in the head. I don't think he would have. That's the thing is like, like I I saw some Spurs fans out there who were like, oh, you know, these guys just got drafted and they're so young and they can't play through a little. They shouldn't play through a little whatever it is. It's summer league. The games don't count. They're just there to learn and grow. And there's literally no upside to putting a guy out there if there's. Even you know five percent off of hundred uh, percent, and it's like like for for Vassell, he was dealing with like a tight hammy. Mm. He played a little bit in one of the games and then came out, and you know people are like, "What happened?" They're not really concerned about it as a as a long term or even a medium or short term thing. It's just like it doesn't feel right. Okay, there's no reason for you to risk it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a name we've He, he could
3: have had record. a he could have had a dry hands and I would have said shut him down. I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or very sweaty hands like your boy Get
1: him out. I agree with shutting him down. There's no question about it. But like Tom said, I would have liked to have seen him play more. I wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt because I think he needed he needed some more games out there, in my opinion, to to show a little more. To whomever. And, and Jackson, I just want to bring this up. And I know this isn't on our, our, our topic of conversation, but you mentioned a heck of a list of players that Pop's going to have to work through and figure out a rotation with. I mean, my goodness, I can't. And it's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, there are some very talented guys. That are all going to be fighting for minutes next season, mm-hmm. and man, that that's going to be tough. In my opinion, I mean, that's that's there's a lot of guys at at one position or two positions that are going to be fighting for minutes, and it's going to be a difficult uh, difficult task for yeah. Greg Popovich.
0: And and the list I mentioned, and, Joe, doesn't even include any of the assets that we're going to talk about that they brought in as well. Right. Uh, well, we'll get to that and a little later I mean, on, but yeah.
3: What, what, one thing I just want to bring up too, and I think got overlooked with Vassell was that mitch johnson and the coaching staff wanted him in a leadership position mm-hmm. he, he they made that very clear out in utah leading into las vegas that they wanted him to be the guy they wanted him to be in that position you saw it he didn't even want to talk about himself when he had that phenomenal game in utah he wanted to talk about primo so mm-hmm. I, I think that will boost his confidence side that hey here are the spurs trusting me to be the guy and yeah. i think that's another aspect that of his overall game that. I would like to see develop as the season, as next season begins and it begins in what, just a month. So yeah. you know, we're uh, less
2: yeah, than a month yeah, out from training camp. It. So uh, it's, a, it, yeah. it's a great point And it was really cool to, see. I, I mean, he was drafted at 19 years old last year. This is his first summer league. He's 20 years old and he's in a leadership position, right? He's, he's a vet to Josh Primo. He's two years older than Josh Primo. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very cool to, in in San Antonio, he's probably not gonna have that opportunity to be the guy that his teammates are looking up to and looking for looking to for advice. And when you're in a position like that, um, you know, it, it definitely uh, it, it makes you think a little bit more about what you're doing and what you want to mm-hmm. be imparting on those on those kids. So
3: Yeah, if, yeah if I, first I believe line... it was either Primo I think Primo said that Vassell took him under his wing. Yeah. So yeah. again, you know, there's that.
0: We talked a lot about, the. I mean, we, we've we've read a lot and, and seen a lot about the players they lost and the, with the skill set they brought, but what the Spurs are really going to have next year is a vacuum of leadership. You know, you talk about DeRozan, Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, all those guys were veteran leaders. All those guys were some of those vocal guys on the teams. DeJounte Murray has already stepped up. He's another one of these vocal leaders out there. They're looking for the other guys, whether it's Keldon coming off a, an amazing summer for him, which we're going to have to address here in a little bit. Uh, whether it's Devin Vassell kind of being those vocal leaders, those are the skill sets they need. Uh, and that kind of brings me to the, the the last guy who we've mentioned his name a hundred times already on this podcast, but has really flown under the radar this summer, coach Mitch Johnson. Uh, I thought what he brought to, to this young team and, and the goals ahead and set out, like Tom was saying to improve, not to win games, to improve then what they worked on. And I, I was, um, I really liked what I saw from him on the court, but also what he said afterwards in the pregames, and the postgames, uh, Joe, Joe, does he have a future? Like what, where's he going here? Is he another, another one of these bright young guys that the Spurs organization is going to bring up under the, the coach pop tree?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I was very impressed with Mitch Johnson and the job he did, not only on the court, but off the court, because that's a big part of a coach's job is Mm -hmm. meeting with the media and answering those questions and doing that. And keep in mind, Summer League is not just for the players. It's where coaching stars are born Mm -hmm. as well. That's really where Becky Hammond. I mean opened everybody's eyes was in the summer league. And so I think Mitch Johnson did the same thing and and uh, I think he's got a very bright future and we're going to be talking about him as another one of those guys that goes off and and finds a job uh an NBA job head coaching uh under that pop tree but uh, I was very impressed with Mitch Johnson. Very poised, very calm, cool, collected and and he I thought he did a great job.
2: Yeah, I th- I thought he was really thoughtful in his answers mm-hmm. and you know, he, he didn't hold much back in terms of, you know, this is what we see from these guys and this is what we're trying to get out of them. Um, you know, you can go back and watch any of those videos. And uh, I, I think that another guy who really understood the assignment, he talked about how, it, you know, it's tough going out there and playing all of those games and not winning. And they're close games and everybody in that huddle, everybody on that bench wants to win the game. But it's something he repeated over and over again was, you know, losing those games is way better for us development-wise than if we won them by 30. Mm. Um, and, you know, very, very mature, very uh, insightful, and the players love playing for him. Like, um, Vassell mentioned that, you know, when his rookie year, when he when he did something wrong, Mitch wasn't going to just yell him, let, yell at him about it. He was going to, you know, talk him through it. And... Um, you know, he, he seems like a, a very, uh, you know, locked in when he's out there. Um, but you know, the, the kind of coach that these young players can relate to and, um, you know, feel like he's in their corner. So I, I think that he, uh, he coached really well and I, I, I was, I was impressed for sure.
0: Now, before we turn away yeah. from uh, the summer league conversation, Jeff, I just want to ask you about uh, other guys we saw there. Uh, are there. Are there names out there that maybe should be considered for Austin Spurs positions? I'm thinking maybe Justin Robinson, the son of yeah. Spurs great David Robinson. Well, who were the guys yeah. who stood out to you there uh, who might be uh, fighting for a role for uh, the Austin Spurs in the G League?
3: Absolutely. But a quick uh, story about yeah. Mitch Johnson and myself. Um, so there I am first game at summer league uh, when I flew, flew in. And I'm there on press row at the conference calls, you know, down in the basement of UNLV. I'm next, I get called on. So, all right, PR says, Jeff, you're next. So not even half a word gets out of my mouth. When I feel little hands grabbing my thigh, I'm like, (laughs) what is going on here? And Mitch Johnson is looking at me and he's kind of looking at my leg. And I go, okay, what's going on? I looked at, oh, his little kid decided to get part of the press conference And just decided to wrap himself around my leg. And then I asked Coach, I go, I I think he has a question. So everybody (laughs) just started having a laugh about that. But uh, no, but circling back to uh, the players that stood out. Yeah, I mean, Daquan Jeffries definitely stood out. You know, what he did on both ends of the court, that fearless attacking, just was always attacking that rim. Mm. You like what you see out of him. Nate Renfro. You forget about him. He's a veteran of the Spurs system. He played with the Austin Spurs last year, and that's coming back from that, that knee injury he had. He played solid um, throughout the, the Vegas and Utah tournament there. Uh, Justin Robinson, you know, didn't give you the points, but, but boy, did he give you a lot of smart, uh, high basketball IQ, a lot of high screens, a lot of passing from top of the key, and uh, he dunks just like his dad. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed. He dunked exactly like his father, but yeah, expect a good chunk of these guys to be in the Austin system. And there's one thing overall about the uh, the, the the summer league team was that, in my opinion, there wasn't a guy that stood out. The Spurs didn't have that gem, that find, that Gary Neal, that Bryn Forbes uh, in this year's crop. I think they found a lot of good potentials, you know, maybe, you know, some good bodies to get thrown in the Austin system. Uh, but outside of that, no, I mean, I, I, I think the other guy showed a lot of promise. And yeah, expect them to either get those two ways, you know, um, as far as, uh, playing in the G league. So yeah. I think the G league team would be fun to watch. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Jeff, I think it was the Spurs who put a side by side of, uh, Justin and David hanging on the rim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. the Same, exactly the same. They kind look of exactly
3: the same. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was, it was really cool to see Justin Robinson get out there and play well, uh, cause he hadn't played in the first really first four games of summer league, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and when he finally got out there, uh, he was making great decisions. He was bringing a ton of energy defensively. Um, he he blocked two shots in his first quarter of play, I think. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> get out there, young man. Um, and, you know, I asked him because if you're David Robinson's son, you're going to get a lot of questions about being David Robinson's son and your dad, David Robinson. And I was like, tell me about <laughs> Justin Robinson. Like, you know, tell me about the dude. And... He was like, you know, on the court, I'm just trying to be a good teammate and, you know, do, do everything that I can and play hard and off the court I'm a chill guy I like playing music I like playing a ukulele <laughs> and just the image in my mind of this 6 foot 10 man who uh, Channing Frye joked had a 7 foot 8 wingspan uh, playing one of the world's smallest instruments like I, I geeked out at that that made me happy um, so yeah I love his vibe love what he brings on the court think he'll be a good Austin Spur one guy we haven't talked about is uh, Joe Wieskamp yeah um and I fully expect him to sign a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means he'll pl- spend a lot of time in Austin. But another one of those guys who uh, really sort of got into the rhythm of doing his job uh, as Summer League went on. That game where Trey Jones had like 34-9-8 and 8, and the game winner. Uh, Wieskamp was a beneficiary of a bunch of those assists. He had like 17 points. He had a couple of threes. Uh, his release looks great great it's a little slow but his form looks fantastic on that three-point shot the rest of his game is gonna need some work like they were hunting him on defense a little bit he was there was there was one play in one of the early games where he had he'd made a nice defensive play gotten into the passing lane and was going down the court with the ball and like he looked very nervous with it and he went up and he he wound up turning it over Uh, and then I saw a similar play a couple games later where he finished the play um, and, you know, just just getting comfortable with the length and the strength and the speed of the the pro game yeah. uh, is going to be a big thing for him, and I, I'm excited to see what he does in Austin.
0: Yeah, I think Austin's going to be great for him. He's got a lot of growing to do. Uh, I, before Summer League, I, I may have predicted that Wieskamp might be getting more minutes this season with the, the San Antonio Spurs than uh, Josh Primo. I, I think that's going to be uh, the other way around now. Uh, Primo looks a little more NBA-ready and I think could, could really benefit from running with those guys. Not that he's not going to maybe play some minutes in Austin here, uh, but we may see more of him than we did Luka shamanich his rookie year, I guess.
3: Um, those guys are having hey, some watch. Yeah, go on, Jeff. Jason, we're, we're not we're not going to promote the uh, the Camp article that's out there right now on the Ken's Five uh, Spurs. We section. got so many get articles. Get all fans man. there to get out there. Let's put.
2: I really I, I, I really, well, I really dug right now. I really dug Jeff's profile there on on Camp because it is sort of a look into and you can talk about it, Jeff. But it is a look into you know his his state of mind when mm-hmm. you know. What, yeah. what he's trying to accomplish. So
0: yeah, quickly, Jeff.
3: I, your, I, I, I just want people on to on go Wiescamp? click. Yeah. Go click. Go click. <laughs> go give that traffic over there to the Ken's Five Spurs section right now. Uh, Kins5.com. Right. One, one thing that stood out for me, one thing stood out for me was just confidence. That's yeah. what stood out for me with Wees Camp. Confidence. When his shot was not falling, he didn't even have to be prompted in press conferences. He just said, "Yeah, I know I suck right now, but I'm gonna <laughs> get better." So I like that.
0: It's a good attitude to have, and Jeff, I'll get better yeah. about uh, about uh, shouting out your articles. <sighs> when it's read. just
2: that you have so many, Jeff. Like <laughs> you got, we got <laughs> articles about Trey <laughs> Jones. We got yeah, articles about Devin Vassell. You know.
0: Hey, so that's going to uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrap the combo on uh, Vegas Summer League. But thousands of miles away, a couple other Spurs guys were having a fantastic summer themselves, uh, namely Greg Popovich and Keldon Johnson, who uh, won the gold medal with Team USA. And I do not believe Keldon Johnson has taken off that medal since. No. Uh, he was right there on the <laughs> sidelines in Vegas, proudly wearing it. Uh, just excited to see him take a uh, you know, take that home. Even if he was playing two minutes a game, uh, he, he got a lot of uh, he got a lot of cred from the uh, the bigger guys like Durant, Draymond Green, who were there. Uh, Damian Lillard, just amazing clips of him after they won too, uh, getting pulled into the. Uh, the huddle and he's screaming his head off or, you know, in the locker room, spraying champagne everywhere. Uh, A lot of guys spoke up for what he brought to the team in terms of the energy as well. And then, of course, Greg Popovich, too. Uh, We've all seen the clip now that has gone viral after they won. And he is speaking of what the gold medal win meant to him. And you can see he's breaking up and uh, just uh, so happy and proud of the guys who, who, who fought with him to get there. And then he had a little message for the haters, too, in which he said some words that I can't say on this podcast. Uh, John feels like the conversation has trended more towards the end of that clip in which he, uh, you know, drops a, an F-bomb and maybe a, the B-word as well, I believe, <laughs> uh, to, to dance around the subject uh, not so lightly here. Uh, but it seems like the, the 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 message of the clip has been lost and what this meant for, for Popovich. First of all, he hates that this clip's out here. But Joe, what, what did you take away from from listening to Pop speak about that?
1: Well, I, I enjoyed it. I really <laughs> did enjoy it. But a couple of takeaways. Everybody's concentrating on that last line because it was the punchline, right? Yeah. You're telling a joke and the joke's pretty good all the way through. But then, bam, you hit him with that punchline. Here's what I found out about Greg Popovich. He does listen to the media. Mm. Obviously he listens to the media He always says he doesn't He doesn't care what we say He doesn't care about what people write Mm -hmm. But obviously he does Because that last line The punchline we're talking about It was directed right at us I promise you, and all the guys that were critical of him and why aren't you winning by 30 points and and how come you're struggling against these guys and you're not beating these guys, and that's exactly who he was talking about. Uh, And I think that's why it meant so much to him because, look, Greg Popovich, like the rest of us, He's a professional, obviously, at what he does. He wants to do it well. And all of us have a little bit of an ego there. And when we don't Mm. do it well or somebody points us out and we're not doing something right, I mean, it gets to us. It hurts a little bit. And I think it hurt him a little bit, too, because of what he's already got in his resume. He gets to... Coach Team USA finally and and, you know everybody's critical of him and he's the reason why you know they weren't playing well which was total BS to begin with (laughs) but you know you look at this and that's why I think he got so emotional and that's why I think the punchline was there so I was happy that pop got an opportunity to give that speech number one and then deliver that message at the very end I thought it was great
2: I think honestly I'm, sh- I'm sure there's some element of the, you know, they're telling me I'm bad at my job and I know that's malarkey, but another part of it I think is so much of the criticism of him and of Team USA came from, and we talked about this, you know, after the, the first, you know, couple of little losses they had was, uh, you know, Pops trying to get these guys to understand, his main message to these guys is the international field is tremendous, they're fantastic it's the best international field of basketball that team USA has ever had to compete against. So when somebody's in a press conference asking him, you know, Oh, last time team USA beat Nigeria by a million and now we're losing to this team. It's like, it's not the same team. Yeah. Um, and that's something that he was talking about in, in that clip was, you know, we went through these losses. We, we had to throw it together. We had guys coming in late, you know, cause they just finished the finals. Yeah. And, we had to go through these incredible teams to get here. And it's very funny to me that, you know, all of these people who wrote, like, you know, before the elimination round, like, oh, Greg Popovich is blowing it. He was the perfect guy to get this team to finish that ultimate goal of winning a gold medal. And, you know, you you saw the love and respect that those players have for him. Uh, You know, K KD hopping on on Instagram live to to talk his mess, you know. Draymond jumping in the back of that hilariously. Uh, and uh, you know, talk, just just saying like they they said Greg Popovich wasn't going to get us there. Stop yeah. playing. Uh, and absolutely stop playing with Greg Popovich
0: Untouchable. I mean, in terms of the talent, they had to vanquish the greatest French Olympian of all time. And Rudy. <laughs> 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 Don't get me started. I, I feel day. so sorry <laughs> for that guy. The, the bad headline. Uh, and he gets uh, toasted on the internet. But in, in the article, he does mention that Tony Parker is, is probably the best uh, Olympic. I was player.
2: personally mad about the Boris Diao erasure. Ah, but yeah. whatever. We're, we'll talk about that another day.
3: Yeah. Popovich. You know, I'm, I'm interested in what Steve Kerr had to say Mm. that piqued Mm. my interest when he, what he, I believe he told the athletic, you know, like, Oh, what a perfect way to cap his career, everybody. Huh? Yeah. Thanks for those words, Kerr. You know, um, you know, I know you guys are buddy, buddy, you know, maybe he already spoke to you about his future in the, in the league or let alone just coaching in basketball, but you know, you're absolutely right. You know, to get, you know, cut in 72, uh, for Doug Collins, you know, I think that still pained him, and I don't know. He, yeah, hopefully, admitted it. He did say it. You know, that hurt him. And I mean, fifty to years goes through the criticism. Yeah, fifty years. I mean, that's yeah. Th- th- think think about that. That's exactly Tom. Fifty years. This has been weighing on him. So now he eclipses it. I just want to file a protest with the uh, Olympic Committee to say, why don't coaches get gold medals? Yeah. Right? They deserve it too. <laughs> they should get a medal as well. Um, the, the thing uh, is, yeah, after yeah, I, w- I would ask Kelden to share, but he, I don't think Kelden would share the way he's wearing every day after you know, pop shower as well.
2: After pop sends JaVale McGee to Gulag for posting that video, <laughs> he's not going to need it anymore. So, you there know, you yeah, he, he <laughs> got JaVale McGee's.
0: Uh, it's a slippery slope, I think. Yeah. it's Yeah, you know, when it comes to the other sports, but of course, pop. Is a gold medalist, and in all intents and purposes, yeah. you know, he, he has that accolade. I think he's got one more feather in his cap when he wins 26 games this uh, this regular season and becomes the all time winning NBA coach in history. Mm-hmm. That that might be what caps his career, but uh, I do appreciate what Steve Kerr had to and, say. About and him.
2: also, in that article that Jeff posted on kens5.com Ooh. about <laughs> there what there Steve Kerr said, that's it, that's it. Uh, Another thing Steve Kerr said was, you know, Pop will be the first to tell you that, uh, you know, the Spurs aren't competing for a title. And people were like, whoa, would Pop say that? Mm-hmm. But, like, he said it last year about the Olympics, right? Yeah. Like, when yeah. somebody asked, you know, s- somebody jokingly asked, so Game 7 of the finals is going to be, like, right before the Olympics. And he was like, oh, I don't think we're going to let the finals get to Game 7. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think we'll win it before uh, then. Yeah. Like, you know... the you, you have to set reasonable expectations for a team. And, you know, some, somebody said, is, is, are the Spurs not a, a title contender? Like, no. They're, they're, no if, if, they, so, if they shocked the world and made a Phoenix Suns-like run where they went from being a really, like, not pushing toward that, that play in and not getting it, pushing toward the playoffs and not getting it, and the next year they, they shock the world and make a run to the finals, nobody would be happier than me. But I I don't see that happening. I see next year as a you know, seeing what they can do year. Yeah. And and really, you know, for for the first time the rebuild is like ready to get moving actually. Like they've been
0: rebuilding for a while and now they're gonna start going. And so. Tom, that's a perfect segue into what I think the final point of this podcast should be as we sort of head towards the exit ramp here. Uh, I do want to dive into the message from the offseason. You know, it, it was turning the page, right? Focusing on this young core. Uh, but there were still moves they made, you know, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins, Thaddeus Young. All of these players are Spurs right now. We, we may see Thaddeus Young on the move, as Jeff wrote about. You know, he is tradable. And as Joe reminded us, all of these guys are tradable. <laughs> but um, I, I do want, I mean, this isn't a team that's going to tank this year. This isn't a team that's going to go for a top three position. This is a team that seems primed to compete for a playoff spot. Joe, is that the right move? Or should they be playing for the chance to get the best guy in the draft next year?
1: No. I mean, why play the game if you're going to play for that? You go yeah. out on the court every time and you want to win the ball game. I mean, none of these guys – I mean, Summer League, right? These guys are upset because they're not winning ball games. I mean, that's what these guys are conditioned to, and they've been that way since they were, you know, babies you win ball games that's the only reason you go out and play and that's the payoff and so you know all this talk about tanking to get this or get that who knows what's going to be in the draft or how good that guy's going to be you got to play for right now and these guys are going to go out there look this team is young but the talent that they have assembled is impressive and Sometimes young talent who just says, we're going to go play, we're going to have some fun, and we're going to give everybody fits, is the most dangerous team in the league. And I'm not sitting here saying the Spurs are going to win a championship, but I wouldn't count this team out because everybody else already has. But I wouldn't count this team out from at at least competing for a playoff spot and doing well. The talent is just there. And if they can get this thing together and Pop can figure out some rotations out of all the talent that he has, I'll tell you what, this team's going to be a tough team to beat night in and night out.
2: I think they're going to give people their best shot on a nightly basis. And I think people are going to be surprised, right? Because, you know, DeMar DeRozan gone, Patty Mills gone, Rudy Gay gone. That's a lot of scoring. And it's a lot of the names of players on the Spurs who people who don't watch the Spurs know, right? Like, you know, there there are a lot of NBA fans who, you know, if you're if you're just making a team based on guys who you knew like two or five or ten years ago, Like, Lakers are crushing it. Spurs, like, Doug McDermott maybe, you know? Like, uh, DeJounte Murray has made a name for himself, sure. Um, Keldon Johnson, I think, has has exploded onto the national stage as well. But, I mean, the Spurs in general are slept on, and a lot of these players on the Spurs are slept on individually. So, but what they bring, all of them... Is defense and intensity and energy, and you look at what they've built really through the draft. Um, I I think that they're gonna guard the crap out of teams. Um, they're probably gonna be scoring lulls, but I also think that guys like Dejounte Murray is Dejounte Murray's gonna take another step forward in his development. If it's a leap, you know he he could be an All Star this year. I think uh, depending on how good this Spurs team is. Uh, I think Lonnie Walker can make a leap this year. I think this is a big year for him. Uh, I think if Derek White can stay healthy, that's a leap on its own. And just having his presence on the team is a leap for the team. Um, a ton of these guys can... Re- Luka Shamanich, right? This is his third year. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of seeing what this team has. Jock Landale, I'm really excited about him. I, he was one of my favorite acquisitions that the Spurs made the entire off season. I love his attitude. Uh, I love the versatility that that he brings to a big man. Um, and yeah, I, I think this, this Spurs team is going to surprise a lot of people. And like, you know, a, a month or two into the season, people are going to be like, wait, how did the Spurs rebuild without rebuilding? It's like, they've been rebuilding for five years and now we can see what they've built. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, Anybody who's expecting this team to uh start out without uh really betting on themselves uh will be disappointed. Maybe they'll maybe they won't win a bunch of games. Maybe they'll maybe they'll reach a point in the season probably before the trade deadline where it's like yeah, we should we should retool and like it's not working, so let's do something else. Um and if that's the case, then they've acquired a lot of assets that can be used in trades. Um, you know, like Alvaro Uchimino's expiring contract and Thaddeus Young's expiring contract. Um, and you know, they they'll they've they've left the door open to hmm. moves like that. I don't expect them to make a move like that to start the season and really like blow things up.
0: Yeah.
3: Jeff, don't tank or compete. Argue- yeah, Joe, you and I are going to have an old man fight right now. So get ready. <laughs> um, here, here we go. Uh, I want them to tank. Um, Ooh. I, I, I would love for that to happen because I see Joe. Joe, get I know. I know, Joe. I don't get that. Joe, I just don't get Joe, it. Joe, you, you and I lived through how they got Tim Duncan. We were there. We remember that. And remember that year. David Robinson was more than ready to come play. They just sat him out. The prize was TD, getting high up in the draft and the rest is history and I get it Joe you know tanking I get that being a pro you go out to win. I get all that but I'm thinking long term I'm thinking the long game right now if the long game is not just simply to win games but titles then you're gonna have to get in that draft that's the only way the Spurs historically have been able to establish their dynasty era by getting that cornerstone piece which was Tim Duncan and building around that they almost did it again with Kawhi Leonard moving up in the draft of uh, trading with Indiana they had it but we all know how that went through again what is a common thread here Tim Duncan number one trading up aggressive in the draft to get a, Ka- a Kawhi Leonard I don't see Kevin Durant coming to San Antonio when he's a free agent I don't I didn't see uh Chris Paul coming to San Antonio when he's a free agent I don't see any reports floating out of like that about San Antonio being the destination for all these top heavy L Stars if that was a the case, and maybe yeah, don't tank because hey, San Antonio's the destination, but it isn't historically. Um, well, J- Jeff, let me let me just ask you this. Of.
1: Go ahead. Well, let me ask you this: Who's to say that that guy is not already on this roster? Who's to say that Kelvin Johnson is not that guy? Who's to say that Dejounte Murray is not that guy? That he's going to take a step yeah. up this year and be that All Star? I'm I'm saying that this team has assessed and and put together a team of talent mm-hmm. already through the draft. And who is in the draft that is Tim Duncan-esque right now mm-hmm. that you're looking at? Yeah. There's not one. He's not there. Right. It's gone. You've got the talent on the team right now, and and I just can't. I've been in sports way too long to say, you know what, guys, just go out there and lay down and don't play and don't do anything because we want the number one draft pick. To me, th- that's ridiculous. And were you going to tell your fans that? Come on, it's, it's, who's going to buy a ticket to that game? I'm not. Well, I mean, that's you ridiculous. Don't, you, don't, you, you, don't, go out, you go out and play. You don't tell your you fans you're going to be taking You win every night.
3: <laughs> but, but first of all, look, look what Houston did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're time. I don't job, care what Houston chef did. Kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I mean, look, they got themselves a second pick in the draft, and uh, now, they, now they got themselves a player that they can build around.
1: Um, well, how do you know you don't know that? You don't know that you don't know what he's going to become. You have no clue what he's going to become. Nobody knew that Tim, right, so, so, well, I, I take that back. Tim Duncan, we did yeah. know because he played we four years them. of college. You don't know what that mm-hmm. guy's going to do. He may be a yeah. bust. You, just, you don't know.
3: I will say, okay, I, think, looking, I looking at the current crop, do we, uh, you're right. They, we, they're just a group of really good players right now that with the potential to be all stars, but do they have the potential to be the megastar? Are they going to rise above to that Kevin Durant level, to that Kawhi Leonard level, to that LeBron James level? You
1: don't know. Uh, maybe. You I think that know. honestly,
2: but, the Josh Primo pick indicates to me that the Spurs are looking for that. They they do have that, you know, thousand mile view of it, uh, because there were definitely players you, available. That,
3: that that's a perfect example. That there, is a were... long term play
2: and and same with Shamanich, right? There were players available in both of those drafts where fit positions of need more immediately more NBA ready players, but it's it's like Brian Wright said, you know, we're we're looking at these guys with a long runway. Mm. And but but I think I think there can be elements of both, right? Like I don't I don't think the Spurs are going to say, you know, go out there and don't compete. I think it might naturally happen where you've got a team that is in a transition period with young players and you know, they're going to lose games. They're going to go through growing pains and make mistakes. And, uh, it might just naturally happen that they're out of the playoff race. That could, that could happen this year. It wouldn't shock me. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to be fighting for at least a play in spot. Um, but if that happens, then I think maybe you start to consider it, but I think starting this season from the jump, um, with the intention of not competing. It's not something that the Spurs are going to do. And uh, it's like it's, it's counterproductive to the growth that they're trying to have. Like the growth can continue to happen even if they're winning or losing games, whatever, whatever happens, they're going to be playing and that's the important thing. Um, There are a lot of guys in this draft who are really solid players who I think are going to be really great NBA talents. Um, I think that naturally the Spurs are going to wind up probably, even if they do make the play in, with a pick that they can get a really quality player in the lottery and maybe, you know, work a trade to move up. Um, you know, they, I think there are other options to getting that top pick or, or that, that very desirable pick or that desirable player, uh, than, than just losing from the gate. So, um, you know and and i just i just can't see greg popovich uh like really really committing to the tank like that so
0: I think um, that the number one yeah. goal for this team going into the season is to get to win twenty six. You know that's the thing. Get Popovich that all time career that may I, not I be a spoken thing to say. get
3: to thirty so I could win my Vegas bet. So there you I go. My, my you found a book out there so for that. Win my money yeah. Back. yeah, it was
2: it was over under for twenty eight and a half wins yeah. for the Spurs. Yeah. I need and that's something 30, yeah. that's something that this, the the I, I feel like Vegas always underrates. Uh, you can read Jeff's article about it on kens5.com. Uh, <laughs> I, mean,
0: I think it gets lost in the fact that the second half of the season was just a train wreck, all yeah. things considered. But the Spurs were a five seed, and then COVID kind of derailed things. The Spurs were a five seed mm. without Derek White, without a healthy Derek White. Sure, they're going to have to replace DeMar DeRozan. Sure, they're going to have to replace Patty Mills or Rudy Gay. That's a big thing to ask for. But they've got a healthy Derek White, hopefully, coming into the season. DeJounte Murray is a guy who is going to put up all-star numbers, but not make an all-star team, because that's just the way it is. Kelton Johnson's going to take a leap. I think the biggest name here that uh, that's going to make the biggest difference is Doug McDermott. You know, he was the steal of the free agency period, I think. I think it went under the radar. Uh, a lot of people know him because he's Dougie Buckets. He's got a three-point shot. He did some great things in college. He's done some great things in the NBA from behind the line. One of the best finishers at the rim in the league, too. Last year, I think he was... The best, who was under six ten or something like that, he he was he's on the list ridiculously of just, uh, just efficiency at the rim, uh, and he's going to bring a lot of buckets. I think he's going to start for this team. I think he's going to make an impact for this team, and I think this team competes. And I think that was the right thing to do here, you know, to compete. Growing can happen while you're competing. The drafts have never been deeper. We've seen that players are coming in more ready, whether that's because AAU finally figured some things out, or college collegiate basketball, or maybe what they're doing outside of the the in, in terms of training outside the off the court, or maybe p- teams just know how to work players. Back into it, but the the draft has sort of been deeper. We've seen it year in, year out. Trey Young was a guy who was taken a little lower in the draft than, I mean, he was obviously part of that uh, switch swap there, but he was one of the more impactful guys from that draft, and he wasn't in the top three. Technically, you know, it was Doncic, it was Bagley, it was Zion Williamson. Uh, you're finding value. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a guy who was a little lower. Devin Booker's a guy who's a little lower. You're finding value in lower lottery picks. You don't have to go all out for the number one pick. Sure, you may not get Cade Cunningham, but you will get Davion Mitchell, who looks like a star in himself. So that's my opinion there. So. Yeah,
2: I mean, DeJounte was the 29th pick. Keldon was mm-hmm. the 29th pick. Derek was the 29th pick. Yeah, we They love that 29th pick. It was a great spot um, to be in. Yeah. <laughs> but and and then the Spurs have also drafted guys higher than that recently, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Vassell was 11, 11, Primo, primo was 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Lonnie was 18 Dominic or 19, 19 Shamanich 19, yeah. was 19, like, you know, they they've because they have gotten uh, you know, out of their title-winning days they've had results that have gotten them those picks and you know, I'm excited about all of those players and their, and their Mm -hmm. potential development. So, um, we like to
0: end things here on the Big Fun Pod on a, on a positive note most times. Uh, so maybe a yeah, round, round two with Joe.
2: I wanted a round no,
3: two it's with Joe. Okay. it's great. Uh,
0: We'll get it on the books. We'll get a round two between Absolutely. Jeff and Joe. Uh, that's Joe Ryan Engelkins, five sports director. He's got you covered on the TV side. Jeff Garcia, he hosts the Locked On Pods, Locked On Spurs podcast, daily takes on the San Antonio Spurs, and of course, is a contributor writer. slews of slew the a slew of content uh, on uh, Kids Five, unimaginable my amount of content.
3: My, my, my hands are still tight. And so um, I cannot you're just, wait. You're just be, going uh, with
0: your teeth. You're just getting up in there.
3: I'm just, I'm just like, you know, hopefully, you know, everything will get settled and situated where uh, I take yeah. the car keys and take it from there. But. It, uh, so I told everybody in the we're, interview, we're
0: excited.
1: All, man. I don't think Kenzo's ready. I don't think Kenzo's ready. So, we're, we're excited for it. And of course, not. that's uh, that's
0: Tom Petrini <laughs> on the other side of the mic here another t- Kens 5 digit The man with the best
1: shirts in the league right
0: there, Tom oh, Petrini. Oh, I yes, appreciate sir. that. Yes, I sir. saw <laughs> someone on Twitter ask him if he packed a suit and he said it was all linens,
2: all yeah. linens. Yeah. No. <laughs> fine, fine linen goods, man. I, I got to. I mean, that's what I saw here.
3: when I met when I met uh Tom in in Vegas at the Bellagio. I said, "Oh, he's wearing the nice shirt
2: today." Yeah. No, it's you just got to you got to have breathability
0: out there, man. It's hot. It's hot yeah. here. All right. And I'm Jackson Floyd. This is the Big Fundamental <laughs> Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BigFundPod. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to us. Of course, the Big Fundamental Podcast is brought to you by Ken's Five, the official TV station of the Spurs. Gentlemen, we'll do this again next time. Thank you yeah. all for listening. Peace out, guys.